Hi everyone and welcome to the Fintech Germany Award Jewelry Podcast enabled by Financial Times. I'm Alexandra, your host today, and we will provide you with insights on the award, our jewelry members and latest trends in the industry. I'm sitting in Frankfurt today with Stefan Kempf. Stefan, welcome and great to have you here. Thanks, Alex. I'm excited about our talk today. So I'm really looking forward to it. And thanks for the invitation. Okay, then we will just start. And of course, the other jury members have been in the award for a few years. Um, so I asked them what their motivation is to take part of it each year after year after year and all the sleepless nights and um, our meetings. But you are our newest jury member. Could you introduce yourself a little bit to the listeners with your background and um, where you're coming from? Yes, so I'm CEO, major shareholder and founder of iFinio. iFinio is a company enabling entrepreneurs to be more successful with their financial issues. And my background is a finance and a law background. And I've worked in investment banking and for alternative financing companies before. Okay. And when was it that you worked in investment banking? Well, it was at the very start of my career. So um, when I studied and I finished uh, my A-levels, uh, top career goals of graduates was to work either in investment banking or for a major consulting company. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that changed. Uh, but uh, back in these days, which is about 20 years ago, this was uh, the top goal of every graduate. Okay, I must admit that was the same for me <laughs> when I started. This was before the Lehman crisis. So a lot of people at the university had the same goal to go into either consulting or investment banking. And I must say it was quite a very interesting time learning a lot about markets, about mechanisms. But after the crisis, of course, to rethink the whole system. What happened that you did not want to work in investment banking anymore? So was there any major key event or something that you could tell us? So essentially, uh, I liked investment banking a lot at the beginning. It was super exciting. You could learn a lot. You could meet uh, interesting people. Mm -hmm. You met uh, the CFOs of really important companies in Germany. And it was super exciting for the first years. Uh, but after a while, I realized that uh, you are a servant and you are bringing the same service again and again and mm -hmm. you're replaceable anytime. Mm -hmm. And True. from my point of view, this was not... Uh, good purpose in life to spend your time. At the same time, I had the feeling that banking cannot continue like it is. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I had two things uh, I considered. First of all, I, I discontinued to like what I do because I think it was not purposeful. And mm -hmm. the second thing is I thought uh, banking has no future. That was the time. This was before Lehman Brothers in 2006. So mm -hmm. then I started uh, with alternative financing companies, uh, financing small companies. Mm -hmm. And in 2012, I decided to go for my own business. Okay, thank you for these insights. Because many people, they were forced to go out of investment banking because of the crisis. This is why I asked for your personal motivation to be an entrepreneur. If we go back to your company, could you tell us a little more about what you're doing there at the moment? What's your goal? Yes. So um, from my heart, 
I think entrepreneurs are really an amazing thing because entrepreneurs and small and growing companies are a major driver of our society. Mm -hmm. They are responsible for major innovations and changes um, of our culture. Um, if you think about the last years, most of the innovations we had from uh, vegan food until electric cars, until mm -hmm. sustainable clothes, most of these innovations came from small companies. Mm -hmm. So the purpose of IFINU is to enable small and especially growing companies to focus more on their core business because mm -hmm. IFINU wants to help them with their financing issues. Mm -hmm. And that's why currently IFINU offers to um, entrepreneurs, especially cloud-based accounting solutions and embedded finance solutions or alternative finance mm -hmm. solutions. And that's really two important things for entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can tell there is a lot to struggle in that field. And especially when you are a startup that is not working in the innovation topics in the financial industry, then financial stuff is not in your DNA. And uh, if you do not have a very good CFO who maybe comes from banking, you could easily uh, struggle with these topics. Is there also a connection then with their financing rounds um, because they are using better systems and they are better organized? Would you go that far? Um, sometimes. So, But what you said at the beginning is really an important thing. Uh, 90% of entrepreneurs run a company with less than 10 employees, mm -hmm. 90%. And mm -hmm. none of them has a CFO. Mm -hmm. And okay. all of these entrepreneurs by heart are not accountants <laughs> <laughs> or bureaucrats. Yeah. <laughs> 90% of these small companies are run by people who love marketing, mm -hmm. who love whatever, but it's not accounting or financing or anything like that. And so they just need lean and easy solutions mm -hmm. for handling these issues because they want to take care about their customers, about their products, mm -hmm. about their team members and not about bureaucracy and paper and bills and stuff like that. And that's why we help these people to be able to focus more on their mm -hmm. company and on growth and on innovation. Mm -hmm. And if a company focus on growth and innovation and the people they manage, mm -hmm. then they are most likely more successful with their funding. Okay. Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. And especially in the current funding situation that we face. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that's why we are very often in addition to funding rounds. Mm -hmm. So, for example, small companies, they usually start with friends and family money. Uh, mm -hmm. Then maybe they raise some money and very... Some angel investments and... Exactly. Mm -hmm. And very often, um, iFinu is one of the first external providers of a kind of debt financing. And mm -hmm. with the debt financing, they can make the next step in their growth. Mm -hmm. And this is an important milestone very often for the next financing round. Okay. So if we go back to our award, what motivated you then to be a jury member in the award? And could you also tell us something about the first weeks as a jury member? How did that feel? Yes. So um, I think there is many reasons to join the jury. First of all, I think um, 
the fintech industry in Germany is a very interesting point right now. Mm -hmm. And I think it deserves a lot of attention from the public um, because there's lots of things going on. The industry is changing at the moment. And so I think the award is very important to give more attention to that industry. Mm -hmm. Then um, as well, I think that uh, especially since Ifinu is a fintech itself by product, because half of our company really is doing finance and half of the other company is more or less uh, doing product development and coding, etc. So I think that we can contribute with our knowledge because we use lots of technologies of fintech companies and um, that's why we can contribute with our knowledge to the trends in the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and last but not least, I have to admit, it's a really interesting network. Lots of, I think there's a really good group of people in the jury and maybe this is um, one of the really um one of the groups in Germany that may, maybe has the, the biggest insight in the uh, insights in the in the industry, and that's mm-hmm. why for me it's of course uh, interesting to join that committee. Mm-hmm. And because the jury is extremely diverse and also inclusive, from what I have experienced over the last meetings, how was that for you to be part of that very intense meeting day with all of us? I liked it a lot. Um, so first of all, I have to say I liked a lot the way the people treat and communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. So on the one hand, it's a really uh, familiar way um, the people deal with each other. But on the other hand, they really have hard discussions about facts. And mm-hmm. this makes lots of fun <laughs> because it's... Uh, It's a it's a it's a good situation. It's a good environment. You really feel comfortable, but the people have really tough uh, topics uh, about what they discuss for each candidate. And have you also changed your mind about some of the fintechs on the list after the discussions? Sure, because many of the jury members they had a really precise view about the candidates. Um, we discovered lots of new information during mm-hmm. the session. Uh, everybody was uh, researching. Everybody had notes already about the research he did before. Mm-hmm. And that's why, of course, if so many people with so much uh, competence and insights in the industry are bringing up their specific view and insights, mm-hmm. I think this was really interesting. And uh, I have to admit, I changed my view on many candidates. Um, because uh, it would be stupid to not change your view if mm-hmm. you get a really uh, valuable new information. Mm-hmm. That was for me the case, especially with the insights on the VC backgrounds, because this is not an area where I originally come from or have worked in. So um, this was uh, for me one of the most eye-opening uh, stuff what um, we discussed as well. So, for example, whom would you maybe not have met if it wasn't for the award? I guess some of the people you may have known before. So, of course, there are some jury members uh, I knew before, uh, but I have to admit that about half of the jury members I did not know before mm-hmm. in person. I maybe knew them from media or from mm-hmm. uh, content about fintechs in the market. Mm-hmm. So I have to admit, I'm happy about everybody of the half I did not knew before. I, I mm-hmm. never met before because I think everybody has a valuable uh, background, an interesting story and uh, extreme good knowledge. Um, so 
there's many people I, I, I talked to, we had really good talks uh, and it would be unfair to point out one specific person because... Everyone <laughs> says that in the podcast. <laughs> Because, no one says a name. <laughs> yeah, so it, it really it is the case. Um, but I can tell you, for example, just this week I met somebody who talked to a jury member. I met the first time last week mm -hmm. and he uh, sent me greetings and they talked about Ifinio. And this was um, a really good sign for me that it is really important to be mm -hmm. uh, also part of that network because you see that's really people who are communicative, who are in the market, Absolutely. who are networking, who have really uh, a good reach into the, um, uh, in our uh, peers, in our customers and so on. And so that's why I think um, I'm happy to meet each of the jury members also um, in the future and to get them uh, to get to know them better. Yeah, that's uh, absolutely true. I could not agree more. Um, the same goes for me. If we then go back to the fintechs again, which trends do you see particularly relevant and which topics should the fintechs try to solve most? So what's important in your view? I think that we have several trends going on in the market mm -hmm. uh, right now. Um, the first trend is that I think that we are at a tipping point. Uh, we had uh, many years of lots of innovation and lots of new players in the market, uh, basically VC-backed. And uh, so my first point is that I think that the market is changing because the industry is becoming more mature. So that's why I think we will see more growing fintechs. We will see more fintechs turning into profitability or break even. Mm -hmm. uh, we will see many fintechs turning from VC-backed financing to PE-backed financing or stock listings or stuff like that. Uh, so I think that's the one trend. The second trend from the product side is um, that I think that about five years ago it was about Uh, I still remember the headlines unbundling banks. Yeah. Uh, so more yeah. or less, you mm -hmm. had a you had a you have a bank. You know, they have about two thousand products. Crazy, you know. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and then you have some fintechs, and everybody picks out one product and makes a digital version about the product. So I think currently we're in the phase of rebundling banks. Mm -hmm. um, it's not about making one product digital. I think it's obvious you can do that. It's proven mm -hmm. now. I think the trend is going to making product bundles more and more. So that's why you see people broaden the product range. Uh, so which means fintechs now have to handle even more technology, more complexity, mm -hmm. more diverse product portfolio. Um, I think that's um, the, sec the second trend in the market like, that is really important. Like uh, hyper-personalization. I think that's the term like... You have clients that seem to get a hyper-personalized product or wealth management offer, but in the back end, there's just a machine running all the data. So I think uh, you see that in many fields. For example, um, you have before you had uh, people who are just doing, for example, accounting for uh, freelancers. Now they mm -hmm. offer accounting and financing. Yeah, mm -hmm. And so that's why they broaden the product uh, scope because it's getting in more interesting to offer more products because the customers are willing to pay more for that. You have maybe similar customer acquisition costs. Mm -hmm. You need uh, similar technology and infrastructure for that. Mm -hmm. And so it just makes sense to broaden your uh, product portfolio, I think. 
try to get a tax accountant yourself in Germany. That's that's a problem <laughs> I would I would like to be solved because uh, as a private person, yes, there are some companies where you can just do all the stuff online. But then you have some income from maybe real estate or you have some income from being self-employed with some things. Then you have maybe a small company and uh, then you're out of the process. <laughs> Don't remind me about my tax statement. <laughs> I'm overdue and I still have to do it. So, <laughs> Okay, I, I think that the Finanzamt is not listening to our podcast. <laughs> But if they do, we are really doing our best. So it's not our fault, but sometimes it's really hard to get a good uh, service in Germany in terms of a tax accountant. So yes, um, we are willing to do it. Um, but as always in Germany, you say, uh, don't mess with the Finanzamt. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you also see an issue with what we are currently discussing all over Germany with the shortage of skilled workers? So do you experience that as well or is that not so much of a topic for you? So I don't know anybody in the market who says uh, that he has sufficient highly qualified team members and potential candidates waiting in a row to get hired. Mm -hmm. Um For sure, there's uh, lots of people you could hire, but the point is you need the talents, you need the people fitting to your culture and sharing your purpose. Mm -hmm. um, this is always difficult and this will always be a challenge in the market. Mm -hmm. um, so far, I can say at least um, at IFINU, we are very well staffed and I'm really happy about the quality of our team members. They are really performing well. Uh, they're doing a great job. For sure, the market could be always better, um, mm -hmm. but I think um, currently also the um, fintech market is changing because a couple of years we had much, much more fintechs that were um, highly financed that had their accounts with millions of money. and there Because were there was just... The investors did not know where else to put the money exactly. to and this has changed. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And many fintechs tended to try to solve every problem mm -hmm. by hiring more people. Mm -hmm. And that's not a good way to solve problems. The best way is to think about the best way solution first. And this mm -hmm. is very often uh, the conclusion is not throwing more people in. Mm -hmm. um, And so I'm very happy that this ended. Uh, so we see on the HR side, we see much less competition from other uh, fintechs. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's uh, the good point about uh, the current funding situation. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, the funding is getting much smarter now. Mm -hmm. The investors are more critical about uh, whom business to give money. And business models and profitability model. maybe. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I always said, uh, well, I was one of the only ones saying that a couple of years ago, <laughs> but now everybody agrees, so it's much more fun. Eh? And now you can say, <laughs> I told you so. Exactly. And I said a couple of years ago, sustain uh, sustainability starts with your own financials. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely true. And mm -hmm. um, many uh, fintechs did not take care about that. So they were really depending on the next funding round. And so now that, the good thing about the market is that much more fintechs consider about monetization about their business mm -hmm. and how to get a sustainable uh, financial situation. And uh, I think investors are taking much more care about that now mm -hmm. than they did before. 
Okay. In terms of scalability and not solving problems with just more people, Afinio has AI in its name as well. So is there any correlation? And do you also use AI in your private surroundings somewhere? Yes. So um, I think we all use AI-based technology already, maybe even without knowing. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes without knowing, of course, if you use ChatGPT, it's obvious. But I think mm -hmm. more and more applications are backed by AI and we don't even realize. So mm -hmm. I think that's a really interesting trend. We decided to go for AI in our name because I think this will be the nominating fact in the next decades of our mm -hmm. industry. Um, we apply AI today already in some products. To be honest, I think many people exaggerate with AI in their business. And yes. I knew very few people who really apply sophisticated AI. Uh, so what we are doing, to be super honest, is we do machine learning approaches. Mm -hmm. uh, I think this is a start. And even more, the starting point is trying to get structured data. Mm -hmm. And so uh, this is where we really, really are as of today. We are trying to get more and more structured data to apply machine learning approaches. And then I think the next step is to apply real AI. But at the end of the day, I'm quite sure that um, the finance industry is, uh, this is this is a obvious fit with AI. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the obvious fit like uh, finance and digital and tech at all. So um Uh, so the, fun, the funny thing is, if you see it that way, finance is a really a virtual good. Mm -hmm. And digital and AI is a virtual good as well. So they really fit perfectly together, I think. And a lot of banks, I mean, if you look at the data, they have so much data and especially retail banks in Germany, like uh, some of the bigger ones, but also the local Sparkassen and Volksbanken, they have so much data about the people for, let's say, okay, when digitalization started, but they have data about decades and they do not use it. And most likely they're not able to use it because it's the same like you own a library. And even if mm -hmm. you have a, a million of books in your library, you, you need a catalog. <laughs> you cannot apply AI on a million books in your shelves. And so that's the problem mm -hmm. the banks are having as of today. First of all, they do not have the appropriate data structures. And then I think many have a lack of innovation to introduce um, more sophisticated than data analytics and then product solutions you could uh, base on AI. But they could turn the data into profitability because they could use the data to get to know their customers, to get to know their spendings, to get to know a lot of things. But yeah, it's sad to see that they don't do it. <laughs> Maybe the data of the banks is more valuable as the remaining business of the banks today. Exactly my thought. And yeah. um, maybe they just have a lack of exploring this value. But I mean, today you don't need interns to insert the data into machines like some decades ago. You could just run it through photographic machines and then it's translated into systems. Yeah, but um, okay, I think that's that's that could fill another podcast episode. So 
left. Maybe we uh, leave it uh, where it is and it's good that we agree. Um, we have one last category in our podcast. So in the last episode, Hubertus asked a question and he did not know that you would come, but I think it's a perfect <laughs> fit for you. And the question from him was, how do we achieve more entrepreneurial work and thinking in the wider society? That's a super interesting question. Um, I think there is many, many um, things that attribute to that. Uh, first of all, I think that in Germany, unfortunately, we have a negative reputation about entrepreneurship in, in general. So if you're watching the Tatort mm -hmm. and the entrepreneur is part uh, of the crew, in, in, I think in about 70% he's the murderer. So okay. more or less... Maybe I should start watching Tatort <laughs> now. <laughs> so the, the thing is, in Germany... Um, entrepreneurship is very often associated with greedy people and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And I think this is a false impression. Um, most of the, I, I know many entrepreneurs that are not working for money, but for purpose. Mm -hmm. And I think this is a very important thing. I also know many entrepreneurs that are so wealthy, they are, there's no need to work anymore. Or they spend money on projects It's and uh, charity mm -hmm. and innovation and in employment and in R&D and many of them mm -hmm. work by far more than 40 hours a week mm -hmm. and they would not need to uh, work anymore. Mm -hmm. So sure. I think entrepreneurship first of all needs better reputation uh, in Germany. Second, all, second of all we Germans we are really conservative and security and getting your next uh, monthly salary is a very important thing so mm -hmm. we have very few um uh we have a low attitude about risk. So people don't like to take risk. Mm -hmm. um, we also do not have a good attitude about failure. So we think if somebody mm -hmm. fails with a business, he's a bad person, he's stupid whatsoever. It's not, you know, if you don't try to achieve something amazing, mm -hmm. um, if you just always go for the ordinary, then you cannot fail. Mm -hmm. But we should, uh, we should honor more people who are trying to achieve something extraordinary. Mm -hmm. And so we have to have a better culture about risk mm -hmm. and about failure. Mm -hmm. And this would be very important to also honor more the entrepreneurship uh, itself. Uh, I do not think that we need uh, whatever subsidies or better tax environment. You can talk about all that as well. Mm -hmm. But you will see that many countries, um, in, in most of the countries that have a high ratio of uh, startups and so on, it's a question of spirit and mentality. Mm -hmm. And it's not about the environment. The government is giving this whatever uh, uh, subsidies, structures or programs. Mm -hmm. But uh, I absolutely agree, but um, that's a tough one, right? So it's not <laughs> easy to solve. I mean, sure. it, it, the tax, of course, it, once in Germany, a tax is introduced, it never goes away. We all know that um, from, from the uh, time with Bismarck. But yeah. um, normally something like the tax that could be done by the government or by the people um, that are responsible for it. But mindset and spirit, that's really a tough one in such a big uh, country. So 
How do we do that? <laughs> how do we do that? Where should we start first? I think so, maybe in the schools it should start. I mean, you learn like nothing in the classical system about being an entrepreneur, right? Too few, for sure. Mm. So I can tell you what I do. So first of all, I think it's uh, important that we talk positive about entrepreneurship and the uh, positive outcomes for society mm -hmm. and the positive outcome for the people being employed there and so mm -hmm. on. So that's the first thing. The second thing, what I do at least, is that we try to um, uh, contribute as many to our team members at IFINU that they have a chance to get um shareholders of IFINU as well, that mm -hmm. they feel more like being entrepreneurs themselves. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think this is also a very important thing. Uh, so we have the concept of there's the entrepreneur and there's the employee. And I think much more employees should also be shareholders of their own business. Mm -hmm. And I think this is much, uh, this is, um, would be much more consistent uh, with the idea that the, the team members are the contributors to the wealth of the companies they should also benefit from an increase of the success of the companies mm -hmm. and so i think we should for example try to make more employees also shareholders of their business mm -hmm. yeah absolutely agree another way um, which i also find interesting is how google allows their employees to work on their own stuff for like 10 to 20 percent of their time whereas i have experienced it as well in Germany that once you do something besides your work, nobody wants uh, wants to hear that or it is not really encouraged. Um, so, yeah, that's maybe also part of the problem or the solution we will see. Okay. Yeah, I guess this could also make a whole podcast episode. But um, in our last category, we also have a question that you should not answer today, but you can ask. So what would you like to know from the next podcast guest? So what's your question? So my question is, if you think 10 years ahead, mm -hmm. what do you think will um, the fintech industry look like? And what do you think was the aspect we most neglected today? Mm -hmm. Okay, I see where this is going in 10 years, then we will all meet again. And then you can say, I told you so. <laughs> exactly. I just was hoping to get invited in 10 years again. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, okay. Um, so I'm also surprised about who the next guest will be. I don't know yet. Thank you for taking the time to be here today for this um, absolutely fruitful discussion. Thanks, Alex. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Stefan. <laughs> Thank you for listening today to this episode of the Fintech Germany Award Jewelry Podcast enabled by Financial Times. All further information you can find in the show notes. <laughs>